Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, one time again. Where is Vincent McMahon's Blake? Doing the damn thing. WWE. Yo, it's Raw, baby. Then I fell, but let's get it. On your feet. Put some respect on it. already know stuff is coming out put some respect on it See how happy Vince is hugging Stephanie. It's like really awesome. Feel how you want about him, but put some respect on him. Who else is coming out? (laughs) 
Do y'all hear how the crowd responds to the King of Kings? Come on with it. Come on with it. Real time analysis. Feel how you want. You see how everyone still respects them. They run to the internet sites. They run to the internet platform, social media, you know, all the comment sections, and they talk mess. But guess what? As soon as these guys show up and they get that close to them, they got nothing but respect for them. Come on now. Vince and Triple H gave each other a hug. That's awesome. You heard the people go crazy. It's not Tuesday. Don't matter. Shane O'Mac is in the building. So we got Vince, Steph, H, and Shane. God put respect on it. Me just talking about it wouldn't have did it right. I wouldn't have been able to speak on this. It's all about.
You already know. Somebody tag that. And there it is. There it is. There it is. The McMahons came out. Some are compared to, like, you know, the political speak. But at the end of the day, just looking at how much has taken place that we've all enjoyed on the WWE product, if these guys are saying they're going to do more of that more often... And I think they deserve a fair shot at it. Stephanie McMahon said her word is her bond back when she uh, set up the match between, at the time, acting general manager Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman. And, uh, you know, Braun Strowman won the match, and now he's locked in for a Universal Championship match at Royal Rumble on January 27th, streaming live on the WWE Network. So if you know, that's any indicator as to how serious they are then. Yeah, I, I would believe them. I don't see why you wouldn't. I like the segment. Uh, I like, it's a great opening segment. Like Vince said, you know, it was a, a reminder. You know, it's 25 years of doing this. It's the longest weekly episodic uh, television show in history. You know, you can roll your eyes if you want, but at the same time, could you do it? You know, we're all tuning in because we enjoy what it is they deliver. And they recognized it. Like last week, I think, was a, you know, a, a field run just to see how much the the crowd would react or respond to it. You know, with Seth being outside, excuse me, Seth Rollins, you know, being in the ring, sharing or airing his grievances uh, with, at, at the time, acting general manager uh, Baron Corbin or general manager-elect, however we going to word it. It's not a thing anymore. But now they're out. And like I said last week on the recap, you can run it back and see, listen for yourself. I said that's WWE's, WWE's way of acknowledging uh, that they see and hear everything that the fans are saying. Hey, maybe even including me. I mean, Sasha Banks does like the podcast. Hi, Sasha. Just saying. Just saying. So tell your friends... Come through, holla at your boy Blake with the podcast in the shadows. Go subscribe. You need to share this. Go share this to the WWE page either. Maybe we can get some more people that are down with the family. But all in all, now they're out there and they're, you know, uh, speaking about what the issues were. And they thought of a solution, you know. And now they're all getting back in the driver's seat and for Raw and SmackDown Live and I'm really excited to see what these guys are able to come up with, with them giving the fans what it is they want. You know, I think it's a, a real warm up to the XFL in 20, well, February of 2020, but that's like a whole uh, another conversation in itself. So this is our opening segment. This is almost an iconic moment of Monday Night Raw, and these guys, uh, you know, jumped out there and did their thing. I really like the segment a lot. Okay, so wait, Baron Corbin uh, comes out, and we're not going to play that segment. First of all, there's way more than enough. This is a podcast about me, and of course, these guys at WWE are, uh, like I'm hosting, 
they're the focal point. But we don't need to play the whole show just to make sure that this claim is put out there correctly. I play segments in real time just so we can uh, ensure that we know what we're talking about in the moment. And anyway, the next reason I'm not going to play that uh, play Barry Corbin coming out is because the boos were completely resounded. And it was very obvious that the fans don't like him. The crowd doesn't like him. But you know what we do here? We advocate uh, for the sports entertainment product. Try to see from all the angles uh, and respect to uh, the heels and the faces. It's the week of the heels. He's claimed things ain't fair. Inside a storyline, I can't. I can't say Baron Corbin inside a storyline. Outside a storyline, look, he's been a great bad guy. Honestly, I think he's gotten some excellent bad guy heat. I think that the fact that he's getting booed in the fashion that he's getting booed. I mean, it's gonna be a long road to a face turn. Most definitely. But I think that also he's a, he, he could be positioned now as a top bad guy on the brand. I think that that speaks volumes about just a, a level of skill that he's uh, been able to uh, grow and cultivate inside of himself. Just in the past couple of months with him having the experience as the acting general manager, let's just call it that. You know, because and it, I, it was a good idea, you know. So now he, uh, before we went to the commercial break, he says he wants to have a conversation with everyone in the ring, you know, being the McMahon family, the new guys in charge, because he thinks that everything that took place uh, at TLC was unfair. I think we all clearly see what the lesson is here. It's pretty funny, you know, he's, he's a delusional heel, but um, let's see how the McMahons have to handle this. All right, so Baron Corbin is in the ring with everyone, you know, in the McMahon family, and he's basically asking uh, for another shot at being the Royal General Manager because he was uh, unfairly treated uh, at TLC. This is what his claim was because uh, clearly, you know, he went up against the Royal Tag Team Champions and. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, he went up against Apollo, went up against Finn Balor, went up against Kurt Angle, even went up against his own personal official and Heath Slater. The unfortunate thing is the the authority, the McMahon family, didn't think there was any chance of for Corbin to be the GM and the reason being, I mean quoting the commentary throughout the commercial break in its entirety, the crowd was booing. They don't like this guy. They don't want him in power. And um, I can understand why, because he's attempted to uh, have everything work for him at every turn. And, you know, changing the the rules in the matches, like that was what really got to me. You know, mid, midway through the match, you're going to come through and change rules. It was funny the first time, maybe a little funny the second time, but then eh, after that, you know, and then, I mean, if you used to be an acting general manager, you shouldn't be worried about being in title matches. You know, this goes back to when Roman was the universal champion. You know, this guy was putting himself in matches with Roman. He was uh, just most recently in the TLC match for the Intercontinental Championship against Seth Rollins. You know, I think if he would have had a little bit more time, he would have put the tag belts on uh, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Not saying that'd be a bad idea, but, you know, you could just see how uh, these guys had all came back to 
you know, get to come up, it's against him because he he's just been taking full advantage of his power. It's just obvious. So, you know, the McMahons all said no, but Mr. McMahon and all of his genius actually uh, huddled up with everyone. Shouts to the XFL ideas to plant a seed planted. You know, they huddled up uh, once or twice, talked about it and said, you know, maybe there is a way. And now he's taking on Kurt Angle. So they're going to go at it. And if Baron Corbin wins, then he's going to be, you know, placed as the permanent Royal General Manager. You know, uh, like I said, I think it's a good, I think it's a fair idea. You know, uh, Triple H pretty much uh, called everything that uh, Baron Corbin wanted uh, fairly predictable. Said it was a travesty and all of that stuff, you know. And this is what led to them calling out Kurt Angle. So now, again, Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin are going to go at it. I don't know what happens if Kurt wins, but we know if Baron is able to win, then he is the permanent Raw GM. I don't know. I'm sensing shenanigans, but let's find out what happens. Wait, 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 wait. Because as the authority is going up the ramp and Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin are about to go at it, uh, Stephanie stops it all and says uh, there's going to be a special guest referee. And that's right, you guessed it, it's going to be none other than Heath Slater. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. So then Triple H comes out throughout the match where, you know, Kurt Angle was uh, having a fair uh, advantage over Corbin, but Corbin was starting to get the upper hand. And then Triple H comes out and says uh, that he forgot in the midst of all of the confusion and, excuse me, confusion and loud booing that uh, he forgot to mention that it was a handicap match. Which brings out the Raw Tag Team Champions, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, along with Apollo. So these guys come out to the ring and they're all hitting them with uh, German suplexes and uh, special moves that are, you know, fairly devastating. You know, Baron Corbett's a bigger guy, so it's... It takes a little bit more to really make something look like it's devastating to him. Like the German suplexes, you know, because he's so tall and, you know, he's like uh, Kurt Angle is, you know, they're just shorter than him. And he couldn't necessarily look uh, crazy devastating, but landed on your back enough times to drive the air out of you. Forced him out of the ring. Excuse me. They forced him out of the ring and... um. He was ready to hightail it through the crowd. He's ready to just go. So forget it. Says and uh, it ain't working for him. And uh, they all go out, chase him down, bring him back to the ring. And as all four men surround him inside of the ring, we have the official Heath Slater sitting or standing and looking. And you know, usually the referee is supposed to take control of the match and get everybody back in, back on the side of the ropes, or get out, get on the apron to have one person in the ring legally taking on the other competitor being Baron Corbin in this case, but Heath Slater decides to go and uh, do the the referee side job, which is taking care of the ring and making sure that everything is uh, intact and in order. So he's, you know, uh, fixing the turnbuckle and making sure that the ropes are all, uh, you know, tightened. And whilst he has his back turned, all four superstars are 
just go into town again. They stomping them out. They beating them up. Happy birthday, Stone Cold Steve Austin. They stomping the mud hole in them and walking it dry. And then we get uh, a second appearance from Shane now. And he, uh, you know, says that because he was so caught up in the hype of uh, being in Sacramento, that he forgot to mention that the match is now no disqualification. So now these guys can essentially just do what they want without Heath having to, you know, disqualify them or anything like that. And this is pretty, this is uh, pretty fair because Baron Corbin has done all sorts of things with interrupting matches, with just abusing his power. So the valuable lesson here learned is that one should not abuse their power if they're put in a position of power, you know, uh, and if you've never been there, you won't understand. You know, that even goes back to something I shared a long time ago about uh, Roman Reigns, about if you don't like him, you know, whilst everyone didn't like him, then you've just never been in his position before, you know. So, you know, it's uh, real cool. And I think, uh, well, let's find out what happens next. So these guys all go out the ring and get chairs. And they, uh, again, go to town on them just like last night. Complete uh, decimation to Corbin. They all started hitting their finishing moves. I can't. Rem I'm so mad. I can't remember uh, what that finishing maneuver is called that Bobby Roode and Chad Gable do with the moon salt into the neck breaker. But uh, it's it's fine. Either way, they hit that. Uh, well, oh wait. Before they would get in the chairs, one of the best moments in the match, in my opinion, is very very funny. Heath Slater went to. He started stomping out Corbin himself. So, you know, the crowd really enjoyed that. Like I said, they went to town of chairs. They started doing finishing maneuvers. Apollo hit a giant frog splash. Let's uh, let's uh, give a quick shout-out to Apollo. And the off chance that he hears is he's one of the fastest rising stars in WWE, says Corey Graves on commentary. And it honestly is a true fact. I like... I like all of these characters in the ring, you know, and I'm very glad that these guys were the ones that were selected to uh, go through this part of the experience as far as the TV time goes. They should be able to uh, have some more. They were all impressive in their own rights and respects. And um, now we're just waiting for Apollo. So after the frog splash, Angle was able to hit the angle slam for the one, two, three. And this is this is the match, folks. So, um, I believe that this would still position Corbin as a complete, uh, pardon the lingo, but he could be a complete badass in time. The crowd is already against him in a good way. So, he can definitely, uh, I think if he could, excuse me, if he can string together some wins, then I think that he could uh, definitely be on the road to some uh to some good, better heat than what he already has, but let's uh, let's continue to see how the weeks uh, let's see how the night goes first, but let's see how the weeks uh, are let's see how the weeks treat him as time progresses. Sacramento crowd wanted the table when they got the table. Uh, the tag champs and Apollo went out to go get themselves a table, and uh, Angle went on to give. Baron Corbin and Olympic Slam directly through the table, completely shattered it. And um, let's just hope that Baron Corbin is able to bounce back from this. I feel good about him bouncing back, you know, but we'll just see how uh, the weeks progress as far as that goes. Moving forward, though, we have uh, the situation with Dolphin Finn 
uh, from two weeks ago, Royal TLC, and, um, you know, it's coming to a head tonight where they're going to go one-on-one. Now, if you can't remember what happened, recall that uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre were going at it on Drew McIntyre Appreciation Night, and um, uh, while they were having their match, Finn came out and interfered because they had their match coming up at TLC. It's a real enemy to enemy is a friend thing, but... And that led to Dolph Ziggler being able to get the win. Dolph moved on to uh, next week and shared, or the week after, and shared that he didn't necessarily need Finn's help. I mean, hey, I don't, uh, if that's how he feels, then that's how he feels. We move forward into TLC and Finn, I mean, excuse me, yeah, Finn has his match with Drew McIntyre and in walks Dolph. Out of nowhere, super kick interference, and uh, you know, Finn ends up winning the match because of that. Finn claims he didn't need any, any excuse me, didn't need any of Dolph's help, but we're gonna get into that in a moment. This is uh, uh this is definitely uh, reaching the fever pitch, it's reaching the boiling point, it's getting a little crazy, it's getting out of hand, and these guys are gonna have to uh, go at it and prove a point. So let's see what takes place. All right, so let's remember what happened when it came to that backstage. They end up having words, uh, Drew and Finn. So um, pay attention. Let's listen in and let's check and see just how uh, Finn handled that all. Smacked him and then threw him over some boxes. God, Dolph took a took a W there. Dolph took a win with that. Looked very strong there. So Finn had to uh, Finn got to take a seat. But now they going one on one. That's what led up to this match uh, here tonight on Raw. So uh, let's see how Finn is able to respond to Dolph literally uh, manhandling him. But <laughs> let's just see what happens. All right, so uh, these two are going at it. You know, they're having a very cool match. They, they were, you know, they were reversal spots. There were some power spots. Really dope drop kicks. I saw two drop kicks, one from each. Uh, this seemed the beginning of the match, not necessarily, but leading from the first twenty, first quarter of the match. Um, Finn was able to hit Dolph with a. Beautiful drop kick that hit him directly on, flush on the jaw. But then they went to commercial, and after the commercial break, you could see that during the commercial, Dolph was able to get one back. Just as commentary was saying, these guys are fairly evenly matched. Both of these guys can win on any given night. It really speaks to just how good both of them are. There is something I noticed, though, toward the end of the match. Finn was able to kick out of a zigzag. Can Dolph kick out of a coup de gras? I haven't really seen anybody kick out of that. Drew couldn't even kick out of it last night at TLC. So if Finn is able to kick out of Dolph Ziggler's uh, signature maneuver outside of this, you know, super kick, then, you know, it says something. He's able to kick out of the famous or, you know, able to kick out of the zigzag. I think Finn might be the one that has Dolph Ziggler's number. I don't know, but... This is just how the story's told. We won't find out either. Why? Because uh, Drew McIntyre comes down, marching to the ring with complete malice all in his face. He's clearly upset that 
he's lost to both of these guys. He might have been able to get that win over uh, Dolph. Excuse me. He was able to get that win over Dolph some uh, weeks ago, but he still hasn't gotten a win over Finn just yet. You know, I mean, since that victory at TLC. So he's outside and he's making problems, but Dolph is, uh, he's, he already scouted it, so he starts attacking them. Uh, Drew is able to get the better of Dolph, though, pushes him against the apron, and this leads Finn Balor to do the, you know, front flip senton type tope over the top rope and lands on Drew. Great catch, great, great impact, and it looked very, very painful in a way. So, you know, this puts uh, Drew down for a little while, but then Dolph, because it's every man for himself, essentially, Dolph comes through and attacks uh, Finn again, gets him in the ring, and I think but that was when he went for the Famouser that Finn also kicked out of, and uh, whilst Finn was uh, getting up, or they, it, it doesn't matter, because then Drew comes in and clotheslines Finn, almost knocks his head off, and that leads to the disqualification, so it seems that the Scottish psychopath is about to run wild. Let me see what takes place. My goodness. He clotheslines Finn and throws him out of the ring after the, you know, bell ring signifying disqualification. And he doesn't care. Like I said, throws Finn out the ring and literally begins to pummel Dolph Ziggler. He hit him about 25 times. And, you know, all Dolph could do was just cover up. He was fatigued from the match. And he could barely even defend himself. All he could do was just try to avoid... Uh, being directly hit with those brutal clubs that Drew McIntyre was uh, raining down on him, just lefts and rights. It was, it was, it was crazy. And then, you know, Dolph gets up. Drew pushes. Well, he picks Dolph up. Drew pushes him against the ropes, and then hits him with a devastating Claymore kick. Gosh. And he gets out of the ring as Finn is starting to get up and gives him a Claymore for his troubles also. And I know I like, you know, I like Drew and this is the week of the heels. So this is, this is what happens when you mess with the Scottish psychopath. You don't, you don't mess with a man. He's that boy cold, man. That's what we say in my area of town. You know, he, he cold. He don't, you don't, you don't deal with him and piss him off. You don't want to because then you got to deal with things like that. If I had a respectable uh, prediction as to what was to take place to uh, have these guys uh, air this out, it would be a triple threat match that needs to take place so all three of them could go ahead and see who the better man is because one-on-ones just ain't going to cut it. They've all been interfering in each other's matches. And I think that, you know, everyone needs to do some kind of extra mess to get one over on Drew McIntyre. So I think this triple threat match, if we get one, would be a really, really cool way to, uh, you know, show that Drew is very capable of handling these guys on his own. I mean, it's not like they're going to work together, right? You know, it's like they, they have their own, they all have issues. You know, they have a common enemy, Drew and Dolph and, excuse me, Dolph and Finn and Drew McIntyre. But at the same time, they don't really like each other at all. Because as we saw at TLC, Dolph was able to put hands to that boy. I mean, the finishing maneuver might not, or the signature maneuver might not put Finn down all the way, so Finn might have the upper hand, but at the end of the day, the Claymore kick put both of them down. So, let's see how this all uh, 
you know, uh, how his story is going to be told by the McMahon family in this new era. I'm excited for it. Let the new Intercontinental Champion speak. What he said. Seth Rollins lost control. He dropped the ball in the fourth quarter at the buzzer. He choked. He failed. He failed himself and he failed all of you people. That's what he said. And that's exactly what happened at TLC. I don't need anything from you people because I have this. The Intercontinental Championship, the Royal Title. claim He was right. He was right. If we can recall correctly, uh, just have to give me a second. Intercontinental Champion. Let me, let me explain to the folk. Everything that Dean said would happen did happen. Seth lost control. If you guys go back to that TLC uh, recap that I did. I even shared it then. Everything Seth was doing, he could have totally won that match, but he chose to, you know, get in Dean's face and talk to him about how hurt his feelings were and all of that. And and what did that end up? Ha what what did that end up doing? It ended up giving Ambrose enough time to breathe. He has years of experience with this guy. He knows how he ticks. He knows how he works. So he took enough time to breathe. And once Seth wanted to call himself going for the finishing maneuver and the stomp. That gave Dean more than enough space to hit him with the kick and go for the dirty deeds and pick up the victory. But come on. So, Dean wants him to come down to the ring. I mean, I think Seth is a very, very smart man. I don't think he's going to just come down to the ring while he has all of those security guards there that are going to, you know, stop him and then have someone uh, as uh, underhanded at times as Dean... Uh, be able to gain the upper hand in in an attack, you know, a seeming blindsided attack if he has to go through security. But Dean is calling Seth out. Uh, I let's let's see if Seth comes out. Let's let's go ahead and see. The crowd wants him to come on out. 
and stuff. Could be playing mind games, they say. What you gonna do? <laughs> Anybody not named Seth Rollins? Who we got? Anybody? Oh man! If you don't know the words. Uh, alright, Breezy want a piece. Okay. Okay. So, Tyler Breeze has accepted the open challenge for the Intercontinental Championship. Let's put some respect on Breezy for a moment. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'll be it all the way real with you about him, too. He did not get demoted to NXT. I don't speak as if it's a up or down thing and calling up. No, no, no. You got called over to the main product, to the main roster. You know, NXT is the developmental phase, of course, but we all see those guys go all the way in, just like the main roster superstars do. So, to, to, to see, excuse me, Tyler go down to NXT a couple of weeks back, or uh, most recently, or whatever, so have you. It wasn't anything, but, you know, Tyler just going back to his old kingdom, you know? And he's definitely a capable superstar. And he's ready to prove that now in an open challenge against Dean Ambrose, where Seth Rollins is, uh, according to the storyline, nowhere to be found. So, Let's see how this all takes place. I think that uh, Dean is going to be able to pick up the victory, but I think the Tyler is going to have an excellent showing. So let's go ahead and see what happens. So Breeze came with a fight. He came for a fight, and he definitely took the fight to the Intercontinental Champion. Of course, uh, a beauty shot isn't going to be enough to put down Dean Ambrose. He didn't even go for the cover because Dean was kind of already getting back up. Beauty shot is like a is, uh, Tyler Breeze's spinning heel kick. And um, this is signature. It didn't even keep uh, Dean down at all. Like, he kind of was getting back up. So, like I said, it takes a little bit more. Breezy knew that, so he went to the top ropes for a cross body block, and he uh, connected with it. But that still, Dean kicked out at two. So, you're looking, I mean, if we're talking WWE 2K19 ratings, I'm guessing Breezy is somewhere in the high 60s, maybe low 70s, and Dean would be in the upper 80s. 
So no, I don't think that. Uh, I think that Bree, uh, Tyler Breeze recognized that it wasn't going to be uh, anything else that he could potentially do to Dean Ambrose to be able to put him away. He was able to pull his hair, and that was, uh, you know, the dirty deed in itself. Pushed him against the ropes, and when he uh, came off of the ropes, kicked him in the gut, set him up for dirty deeds. One, two, three, and still Intercontinental Champion Tyler, excuse me, oh, whew, and still your WWE Intercontinental Champion, the moral compass, Dean Ambrose. That's right. So, shouts to Dean. Shouts to Tyler for coming with a game plan, you know. He had it, but he he just got to come with a little bit more than that. And, um, I, yes, uh, apparently Seth hasn't uh, come out. So, um, uh, wouldn't say he's hanging his head in shame. Uh, well, Okay. Look at that. Part of my chips and snack. That's right. Rollins in disguise. Dressed up as Dean Security. He was standing out there with him the entire time. Shouts to the architect. It was a good move. Dean Dean got out of there. Now he's uh, beating up all of the security guards, tossing them out the ring one by one. Michael Cole said, cleaning house. That's some vintage Michael Cole calls. Uh, oh, good kick to the side of the head. Dino is uh, high tilted. He's up at the top of the ramp, uh, sitting down, holding the championship, looking uh, shocked and surprised. Well, contractually obligated rematch clause is a thing. Oh, nay, nay. All right. So we cut backstage, and uh, Charlie Say, Charlie Caruso, you know, the C stands for CrossFit. She's uh, interviewing uh, Shane McMahon. And she's, he's speaking on how now in the new era is going to be plenty of new opportunities. It, you know, just echoing the same idea and the sentiment from the beginning of the night where it's going to be new faces, new matches, new superstars. going to be a new feel in the new era of WWE with the McMahons at the helm. So he's interrupted by uh, Drake Maverick. And, you know, apparently Roy Drake Maverick isn't the same as 205 Live Drake Maverick. They make references to the two characters every so often. But no, no, no. So... Roy Drake Maverick, manager of the AOP, he comes in and he's um, asking or requesting that Shane uh, grant the AOP their, uh, their mandatory rematch. Shane says that it's antiquated, especially the way that they won the championships in the first place, you know, underneath uh, Corbin's rule as the acting general manager at the time. He was uh, just given away. Uh, certain opportunities to guys, so he just gave these guys the tag team championships, and that's not how we're going to do it, so these guys are going to have a match tonight, 
to potentially gain the opportunity at the tag team champions, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. But let's let Shane say who they are, though. Who, who's going to be Shane? Wait, the B team, the Revival, and the Lucha House Party in the Fatal Four Way. Sorry, Shane. All right, then. All right, then. Lucha House Party, B Team, and The Revival, along with the Authors of Pain going at it in a Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match. And the winner is going to go on to take on the Tag Team Champions, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. I think that's a good one. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting match. And... um. I'm excited to see it. Let's let's see if, uh, who takes it. I know that the revival have been definitely uh, trying to get some uh, steam going underneath them. I know that uh, the B team are former tag team champions, so they already know what it's like to have to do it. Even though it was, uh, it could be argued that their victories were fluke victories, just in the name of having fun. And um, come on, the Lucha House Party—they're in some tenses on fire on Monday Night Raw, even though Lucha House Rules was a thing. So, I don't know if they're going to be held in the Lucha House Rules tonight under this because we're in a new era of things, but let's go ahead and figure it out together. Six top talents of the NXT brand are coming over. They're on their way to the main roster. Do you watch NXT? I have watched NXT, and the reason I choose not to watch NXT anymore is not because of the content. Nothing to do with the product. I have the utmost respect for each and every superstar that has any kind of time on NXT or is training to get some TV time on NXT. I choose to stick with the main roster because I like to be uh, somewhat surprised with the call-ups. And who's you know uh, you know who's coming over, you know I like that. Uh, I just like that personally. It's just my preference. So I'm not gonna get into the six stu- superstars that are coming over, but I know that I do highly anticipate when each and every one of them do make their debut. Some of them have already be been seen on WWE TV. Others are lurking. You know, the the brands, wherever they are, somewhere in the crowd, maybe behind the camera, maybe they're even, Seth, um, excuse me, maybe they even a part of Dean Ambrose's security task force. But um, I know that all six of them are going to come and they're going to be uh, well received by the WWE Universe and I can't wait to see exactly how they're utilized. Meanwhile, back in the ring, we've got Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush, and Bobby Lashley still has the broken guitar. They're actually doing Elias' little shtick, it, and um, it's quite hilarious. It actually speaks to just how far Elias has come. We all like Elias. I know I walk with Elias. I will walk with Elias to the ends of the WWE Universe and back, so much so that, you know, every so often, believe it or not, he shouts me out. That's right. Call me delusional. But no, no. Just no. Me and Elias have a very cool, cool relationship. When I meditate, he teaches me guitar. Just 
Just that that story. We already told you too much. So, uh, Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush in the ring, and we're gonna get into uh, uh, Bobby Lashley's performance. So let's let's see what these guys got. My man. <laughs> Uh, this is a little exciting, Corey. No front. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> uh, double bicep, Bobby Lashley. Hit him. Oh. Oh, look at the side chest pose, the side boob. That's the Arnold Nene, yes. Look at the quads. Ooh, insult your nearest sports team. That was very cheap. Good call, Nene. Hey, hey, Bobby. Show these people your favorite. Oh, my God. You know, the one So stupid. And it's so silly. It's silly. But hold on now. Wait, wait why do you sweaty? Look at that. That's that was very nice. The spotlight came on, and you saw Elias with another guitar, and he went across uh, Bobby Lashley's back. Now, uh, you know, it's uh, definitely payback from last night, as Michael Cole stated. It's um, just like I said on the recap and review of the TLC product. Guess what? Elias ain't done. By Elias and Bobby Lashley, they still got a lot left going on. I don't know if these guys are going to be like gimmicks and stipulations. It would kind of be cool to see that, you know, just to keep things uh, seemingly fresh. Like maybe this is an idea that they have a bunch of silly gimmick matches until they do have that final official one-on-one -on -one match where they do go at it and it's worth something. But who knows, you know, who knows? We we don't know, but but you know Elias has been uh, writing songs about him, and uh, Bobby Lashley's been uh, copying off of his shtick, so we might uh we might be able to st see a this real a start of a real nice rivalry for a while. Either way, Lucha House Party coming over to the ring next. They backstage and they got the piñatas with them. They got the, the box, the, I'm not even going to try to butcher the name, but they definitely come into the ring next, so we're about to get our Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match. I'm excited. Whoa, 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 and out of nowhere, we get a video package stating that Sami Zayn is going to make his return soon. Man, one of the most unlikable characters in WWE and I'm not saying that in a bad way I 
I've mixed feelings on Sami Zayn. I I I'm excited that he's coming back though. It's uh something about him being able to just be a complete dick on TV that it it makes me chuckle. I recognize that and since this heel turn that he's been on, my goodness, he is just I'm, I was sad to see that he got injured, and I've been waiting, you know, just, hey, whenever you get back, you get back, you know? But, yeah, that's good to know. You know what I would really like? A complete surprise when KO comes back. Like, hopefully he comes back by the Royal Rumble, but it's so real, I didn't even look at his projected return date on the dirt sheets. But all in all, it's good to know that Sami Zayn is coming back. But let's get to this Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match. Okay, so the Fatal 4-Way Tag was a, it was a fair tag team match. All four teams were able to do some cool things. Kalisto was almost looking like the player of the game. Ultimately, the Revival did win, but can't take away anything from uh, Bo Dallas representing the B team. Bo Dallas was going for inside cradle after small package after inside cradle. He had a reversal for almost everything that... Uh, Scott Dawson was able to throw at him, but ultimately these guys were able to tag. Well, he was able to tag at his partner and set up both for the Shatter Machine, which gave him the 1-2-3 victory. So, hey, it's been a long, long time, you know, we're in a new era. The McMahons are shaking things up, and the Revival went underneath the... Uh, somewhat, you know, fair rules. These guys are able to pick up a victory. So they're taking on, or they will be taking on, the tag team champions in Bobby Roode and Chad Gable uh, fairly soon, I assume. So that's a good look. That's a real good look. I like that a lot. Cut the backstage with Charlie Say and Seth Rollins. Who's who's bo Oh man, there's Corbin. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> Oh. A lot of pokes. A lot of pokes. 
Oh, God, Corbin. Oh, just snuffed him. Seth freaking Rollins. Man, Corbin's having a crazy night, bro. The honey badger. Truly, Michael. Truly. Ronda Rousey. She could kiss that right hand. She's so proud of the guy. Ah, speaking to Nia Jax about her face breaker. Yeah, she did. She did. Dang. The crowd responded to her speaking on Becky in quite the fashion just now. I didn't come here to justify my actions last night. Yeah, I don't I expect that. A, a true champion. Go ahead, Rhonda. Talk to him again. The crowd is The state of California is different. So much more than just a title someone puts in front of your name or an object you hold in your hand. A real champion. A real champion. It's so much more than the winner of a match or the decision of a referee. Those are symptoms of a champion. But a real champion. Chanting Becky's name, but Becky doesn't have a championship. That's a very interesting thing. You know what? I suggest that we start a new tradition. Go ahead. Every night after a pay per view, the champion shows up in perfect condition or worse for wear and defends their title. Um. Okay. I don't. Open. Open challenge from Ronda Rousey. Wow. Who's gonna go for it? Good question, Michael. Yo. That's hilarious. They've got all of the... Well, oh, oh, Stephanie's talking. Oh. Stephanie is bringing all of the women out from gorilla position. 
Look, she's a man. Stephanie leading the revolution. Let's get it, Captain. That's right. Foxy going at it. Let's get it then. Alright, so Bailey had a cool back and forth. Ultimately, Foxy went for a boot in the corner. Uh, well, from the corner. Hit Bailey with it. Went for the pin. It was a slow pin. It wasn't a very strong pin either. And Bailey was able to get a reversal into like a crucifix pin and picked up the one, two, three. So, let's find out who's next. Who's going to be? Who's it going to be? Oh... And out comes Dana Brooke. So let's get it. Okay, so Bailey had tweaked her knee, uh, attempting to jump over Fox from the corner. It was successful, but the way she landed, like she looked like she jumped, it went off of the ropes low. And um, yeah, again, tweaked her knee. So, uh, you know, she was hurting. You saw Dana Brooke come out and try to take advantage of this knee. It was an awesome chop block spot where she had her hands in like sledgehammer position and completely went for her like the back of her leg. That it was, it looked brutal. But ultimately, Bailey was able to get a lot of kickouts, which looks like the fatigue is setting in for real now. And um, you know, hit uh, Dana Brooke with the Bailey to Bailey for the win. So. Uh, Bailey's looking tired, but let's see who's uh, coming out next. Who's it going to be? Oh. All right, wait, before we find out, I just want to say that KO's video package uh, for his return coming soon also has aired, so it is official. And both of these guys, they seem to be uh, bonded for life with KO and Sami Zayn, but they will both be back fairly soon it is very exciting but let's continue with this women's gauntlet match on monday night raw so who's next who's the one that comes out turns out to be mickey james taking on bailey so Yeah, I heard him. So Bailey and Mickey James going at it. Bailey uh, kicked out of so many moves, but you could see that the fatigue was wearing down on her. Mickey was going for a McDT, but it didn't necessarily land for her. 
only because Bailey was uh, getting this energy from somewhere, you know, that true fighter spirit. She looks as if she's really stepped up, but her knee was really bothering her. She was limping around. She couldn't even really get to the top rope as fast as she wanted to. But a major spot which led into the closing sequence of the match between those two in this gauntlet match was an elbow drop. Bailey was able to get to the top ropes and land an elbow drop. But the experience of Mickey James looking like she wasn't going to be able to kick out was actually able to reach for the bottom rope. So that broke the, uh, you know, the rope break, broke up the pinfall uh, attempt and... Even though Bailey was able to try to like hit her with like a second rope stunner, like hung her up on it, Mickey was able to get in the ring and take advantage of uh, Bailey's fatigue and hurt knee and hit a McDT. So Bailey has been eliminated, but after a 20-minute showing against what uh, three women, two other women on top of Mickey James now. So you know, take nothing away from Bailey, but now Mickey James is uh, continuing on in this women's gauntlet match. Who's it going to be? Oh, that is Ember Moon. So here we go. Oh, another drop kick. Mickey James right on top of it. Let's go. All right, so Mickey James and Ember Moon going at it. Mickey James was trying to use some of the momentum from uh, her getting the win over Bailey, and it definitely worked for a little while at the beginning, but ultimately, in the sequence, because we're moving through the match, Ember Moon was able to. Uh, well, Mickey James went to the top rope and went for some sort of move onto, I believe it was that seated senton that she does, onto Ember. Uh, but Ember had the wherewithal to get a knee or two up, and Mickey, me, Mickey ended up landing directly on the knees or knee, singular plural, however it worked. It definitely did work. So this downed Mickey James. <clears throat> this downed Mickey James and left Ember an opening to deliver the eclipse the eclipse this time around they always look good of course we want to see how well whoever's going to sell uh the move is going to do as far as making it look devastating and mickey james actually flipped over from it mickey james has so much experience and that's something that we can't take away from her she the commentary spoke on it and I've always felt that way about her, just looking at her way around the ring, looking at what she uh, knows, what to say, how to do. If you would go to the WWE um, Network and uh, watch Breaking Ground, you can see, even go back and watch Tough Enough, you can see certain things that they try to share with the, perspe the perspective superstars. And, and this is what you do at this moment, this is what you do at that moment. And you can see that Mickey James is just comfortable with doing all of that. And you can see how she does in ring. And it's really just... Uh, a joy to look at from my perspective, from, from where I'm at with it. I just like to see uh, her go in the ring and do a thing. And then flipping over to the Eclipse, that was honestly a thing of beauty. So outside of all of that, thank you, Mickey James. Ember Moon picks up the win, but let's uh, see who's up next. Oh, here comes Natty, fresh off of her win against uh, Ruby Riot last night at TLC. Yep, yep, good call, Mago. Go ahead. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Man, oh man. So Ember and Natty are going at it. It was actually a very fair and even match. In the sequence, saw uh, Natty go for a sharpshooter, but Ember was able to 
verse out of it, but Natty went for an Okada roll, quick roll up, and actually picked up the pin. It was unbelievable. I didn't know what was going to take place, but Ember is just as shocked as everyone else. Um, you know, she could be a future women's champion, but right now Natty took that one. Oh, hold on. Who's it going to be? Which one? Well, we would think that Ruby's the strongest of the three. Yep. I assume that it's going to be Ruby Riot going against Natty in the matchup as far as the Riot, well, representing the Riot squad. But, man, I, this is going to be a good one. All right. I think it's safe to say that Natty has uh, Ruby Riot's number. Uh, Ruby was going for a reverse senton that the ball type splash from the uh, second rope all the way down onto the uh, superstar that's going to take the move. But Natty had the wherewithal again to move out of the way and actually get another roll-up pin for the victory. Well, it was a roll-up, but it was a pin for the victory. One, two, three. So who's going to be the final uh, participant in the, uh, you know? Oh, man. What time is it? Thank you, Mago. All right, Sasha Banks and her Wonder Woman attire. It's going, it's going to be a good one. Oh, opening up with a big knee. Yeah, hey, yeah, hey now. Hey, hey, Sasha Banks. What's up, Sasha? Yeah, I mean, you know Sasha Banks likes the podcast. It's starting out there, you know. Go, uh, go, go follow her on Twitter and Instagram. Go check her out and tell her I personally said thank you. You know, off chance that she ever gets to hear this. But let's see. I'm personally uh, pulling for Sasha. I'd like to see Natty win. I would have no problem if Natty was to win, but, you know, it's been a while since Sasha actually had a women's championship run, or at least trying to get at it. But um, I could I could totally see if Natty wins this match because uh, her and, her and um, Ronda Rousey, they, you know, they've trained together. And on Christmas Eve edition of Monday Night Raw, I think it would be awesome to see these two go at it, you know, the end of the year. And, uh, you know, it's Ronda Rousey's first year, so she could go against her trainer finally. That'd be, that's actually a really good idea. So maybe I'm pulling for Natty now. But we take nothing away from Sasha, so let's find out who wins the match at the end of this all. All right, so after a bang-up match, we saw a sharpshooter spot which hurt Natty, but I mean, which hurt Sasha Banks, but Sasha was able to reverse out of it where Natty hit a, hit the back of her head on the bottom turnbuckle. You saw Sasha go for a half crab. It was a fair amount of reverses in both sides of it, rope breaks and such like that. But Sasha, I mean, but Natty ended up uh, cinching in the sharpshooter for real, for real, dead center of the ring and was able to uh, get Sasha Banks to tap out. So shouts to Sasha and definitely shouts to Natty. Natty's gonna be taking on that, uh, Ronda Rousey next week for the World Women's Championship. Uh, I'm, uh, let's not call out any ponies in the race. Let's just be very proud. So um, yeah, man, Monday Night Raw was a really good show in my opinion. I enjoyed it. They gave us the idea of new things taking place. It felt new. It felt like things were different. But hold on, because now we've got uh, Natty and Ronda doing their little stare down. Look. Okay. 
They not smiling at each other too, too much anymore now. Ronda reaching out for the handshake. I think it's very genuine. That's right. Natty gave it a handshake. I think that's cool. Ah, oh, and gave her a hug. Because they're friends. And we know it's about championing. Alright. Yeah, Michael. Alright, they're not gonna hold back. That's what them that's what the looks that's what it said. Oh yeah, so next week, let's be mindful. We're gonna have a triple threat match as I expected between Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, and Dolph Ziggler. We're gonna have a miracle on 34th Street fight between Elias and Bobby Lashley. Look at the gimmicks go. I'm not mad at that. It's for the holiday. You know, do we have anything else coming up? Oh, look at that. Paul Heyman is going to celebrate the holidays with us. Now, I know he doesn't necessarily celebrate Christmas, but he will celebrate a holiday. So, uh, that's going to be cool. Next week on Monday Night Raw, uh, Christmas Eve edition, we're going to have Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin. You know, <laughs> Corbin kid is getting snuffed. He Golden Gloves champ getting snuffed out by the architect. I mean, how's Dean going to react to any of that? Uh, hey... I know that you're going to have to tune in because I know I sure will be. We got Natty standing up at the top, uh, you know, looking up toward the sky. I know that the anvil is looking down with uh, with a smile on his face. You know, he's shining the light. So, um, yeah, it was a very, very good, 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 good roar. I enjoyed it. I really hope you enjoyed it. It was a real cool show. Shouts to WWE for uh, really sticking to the hard cutoff time of 11 p.m. It's good practice. But all in all, let's not forget, potentially the main event next week on Monday Night Raw is the Raw Women's Championship between Natty and Ronda Rousey. Hey, this is Blake, Podcast from Shadows. Shouts to WWE. It's all been a lot of fun. So, um, I'm going to let Michael uh, call, let the, end the show tonight. Uh-huh. Good night, everybody. I'll holler at y'all next time. Smackdown Live tomorrow. See y'all then. Well, this podcast in the shadows is brought to you by Fizz Not Experts, EPW, Extreme Pro Wrestling. Um, and uh, Brandon and Mike uh, at WrestleFania. Uh, Tom also. And um, the Marine Six, Close Quarters.